Welcome to the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Thank you for joining our weekly discussion around grief, mental health, and overall personal wellness. The Grief Bully Podcast will serve as a vehicle to help you navigate life's journey. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the podcast with anyone in your life that you think it will help. Let's bully grief together. What's up? What's up? What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Today is Monday, March the 16th. We're in the studio for another solo round. I'm looking forward to getting into this one with you guys. It's definitely going to be special. Last week was a great episode, one where I just kind of more or less just vented, did my thing on there. So I definitely want to encourage you to go back Check that episode out, download that episode, and guys, please share the episode with someone else that would be very, very appreciated if you did that. If you haven't already, please drop a review if you have, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts. I think you can also drop a review on Stitcher as well. I'm not sure. And yeah, just keep spreading it. Again, I want to get the platform, the mission, and the message in front of as many people as I possibly can. We are on YouTube. Check the videos out there. It is definitely next level. In between show episodes, I am putting out podcast episodes, kind of like I would on Instagram, but I am just, you know, sharing some more full-length videos on there with some of my thoughts. So I'm building my YouTube channel. I'm not a pro yet, but I definitely want to welcome you to check that out. Hit the subscribe button when you're there. It's very, very important that you do that so we can get the content and the channel in front of as many people as possible. Now that we got all of the housekeeping out of the way, I want to settle into this episode. Before that, I definitely want to always thank you for tuning in each week. Your love and support is appreciated. So I want to do my best to always be as transparent as I possibly can. I also want to keep in mind that although some people may have been following each episode since the beginning, a lot of people don't know my full story. They don't know why I'm actually doing this and what I'm doing this for. So I think today's episode is going to definitely give us the opportunity to learn a little bit more about myself and my experience because I am going to tribute this episode, dedicate this episode to my late grandmother. And that is because not that she's not special in my life every single day for my entire life, but this episode is coming out on Monday. So Sunday, March the 15th would have made four years that my lovely lady had went on to be with the Lord. So I'm like battling with myself, like, yo, what am I going to talk about this week? What am I going to talk about? I had an almost an entire episode figured out. And before I'm coming here, I'm looking, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm going in on my grandma. I'm going to talk about my grandma and just dive more into that. I know back in August, which was our first episode was actually August 19th, which was her birthday. So that was pretty cool. I did touch a little bit about her. I talked about some of my other losses as well. So I haven't just spent time and parked there and, and highlighted the relationship And then where I have been in my grief when it comes to her fully, I talk about it in little increments, but I wanted to just spend some time there. So March the 15th is when my grandmother passed away. So that's what a lot of the hype and a lot of the conversation is about. But I want to travel back back further than that. And And it has helped me because it showed why the loss has been so difficult to me over the years and, and why it still is a little bit challenging now because the love was so deep. The love was so real. I have a hard time putting it into words. So I'm going to do my best. 
if you think about being in a world and just feeling completely naked, isolated, fearful, unsure, and uncertain, and then you come across this blanket, this safety net, this home base and security, that is what I would say my grandmother was. I can remember vividly being a child and feeling scared at times. I was experienced domestic violence in my home, a lot of uncertainty, police, just different things, and just always feeling not so stable. And so my grandmother was stability. She was stability. She was fun. I mean, Saturday at grandmom's house was like to live, to die for. I mean, it was just amazing. And, it, and I can't really think of a time where she wasn't there. And I, and I realized in, her, in my loss of her how much of her love played a role in my identity as a person. And I always thought it was just like, man, I just have this really cool grandma. She's always there and it's fun at her house and I enjoy it. But when I lost her, I'm like, man, like she was a big part of who I am as a person. And I know a lot of times we stand up and we might give speeches and acknowledgement to people and, and thank them. But when I lost her, like that was the feelings and the emotions that I went through were my thank you speech. It was my acknowledgement because in that moment, I realized what she meant to me and how pivotal it was to have her place in my life. And eventually down the road, I'll explain my life story even in more detail so you'll understand more how purposeful her placement in my life was and how much I am aware that it was a part of God's plan that she became a part of my life. And not just a part of my life, she was my life. So my grandmom's name was Margaret. Her name was Margaret Brandon Reeves, Margaret Louise Brandon Reeves. And she was 78 at the time that she passed away. She was a sewing operator. I don't even really know exactly what that means, but I know I used to say, oh, yeah, my grandmom is a sewing operator at David Stevens. And I know I used to remember the phone number to call her at her job. And I know where she worked, but she was a homemaker. She was a cook. Oh, my gosh. That is one of the things that I can tell you. I miss so much about her existence is definitely her food and the meals that she cooked and just the security that she gave. But she was a cook. She was a family person. She lived in Somerdale, New Jersey. She bought her home, I think, for about $13,000. At least that's what she told me. She bought her home for $13,000. She came from the South. She's from um, Irmo, South Carolina. And she migrated up to New Jersey. She had a couple of different stops, I think Washington, D.C., Ohio, in between that as well. And so she was just a woman, like just she was my Southern Belle. And I would tell her that and she would say, I'd rather be a Southern Belle than a city slicker. And it's just so many things that she said that I just remember along the way. And so when I talk about my grandma being my life and my love and I lost her and the pain and it hurts, like I want you to understand, I'm trying to paint the picture here today is not just give you story time about an older lady who left this earth, but I want you to understand me more and who I am and what the core. So my core, my root and who I am and fundamentally how I was developed was grounded by a grandmother's love. And now I'm in this world without my grandmother's love. And at times, guys, if I could be honest, I find myself very envious. I find myself jealous, angry, upset, frustrated that I can see other people still experiencing a grandmother's love and I'm not able to experience that. But what I've learned recently is this, and I challenged myself and thought, is how do I not? And I'm not hating. I'm not saying that I don't want people to enjoy their grandmother's love. 
But it's just like anything else. I can't make the comparison. So just because someone has a grandmother in their life or a grandparent, if you will, it doesn't mean that the love is the same. It doesn't mean necessarily that I'm missing out. I hope I'm missing out. I, will, I would wish that everyone could experience that type of love. But for me, it's just one of those things where I can still hear her voice and I can still know what it feels like to get her phone call. So when I'm not getting that, it really makes me sad. I mean, I think that's the best way for me to put it is that it just makes me sad because I know... I know what the feeling, I'm so in tune with the feeling today. I don't know what it is, but it was just like feelings that are so hard to put into words. And I keep going back to safety and security. And I think that's when I told my therapist when I first got with her because of the loss of my grandmother, I said, I feel so unsafe. Like I, I, feel, I just feel so unsafe. I feel uncomfortable. I feel is deeper than unfamiliar. It was like I, I was searching to find me again. And it's interesting because I didn't know that you could lose so much of your identity in the loss of someone else. And so when I say I missed a part of me that died when you did, I mean that to my core. Right? And so each day I've been continuing to push on. It's been four years. So my grandmother, like I said, was 78. She, she lived her life. She wasn't a fan, if you will, of the doctors, but a lot of older people aren't. It's just like, I'm the, I don't trust them. I'm fine. I'm going to be okay. You know, God, when God's ready for me and all these things. And my grandmother and I had a lot of conversations about her dying and she was actually okay with it. She didn't have like this fear or this concern about it. Like she was okay, but there wasn't anything visibly wrong with her let's put it that way we did not know that there was any underlying health issue or anything like that going on except for of course she was aging as you would think that someone would she was a smoker she did smoke she did like to enjoy her brandy and and she loved that actually but she there was nothing that we knew of so when I get a phone call out of the blue telling me that my grandmother is sick and she's not she's not doing well and I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? And my aunt's like, before you do anything else today, call me. And whenever you get that, you're just like, whoa, what is going on? And the moment she put my grandmother on the phone, because instantly I needed to connect. I needed to connect. I needed, I needed proof. I needed to know what was going on. And when I heard her voice, it was just so far from her voice that I, like my soul just, I think that's when the cracking started. Because I, I just felt that something was just so different right now. Like, I don't know if it was due to the lack of oxygen she had. So what happened? She ended up having the flu. But it was she, it, like her voice. It just wasn't her. It was very terrifying. So by the time I got to her house and now I'm looking in her eyes and I'm having conversations with her. And it just it just like wasn't her anymore. And it was really hard to it was really hard to see that. You know, it was really hard to see. It was like it was like if you're standing in front of a house and a car with your most favorite thing, if you're a kid and your most favorite toy is in the that the rear window of the car and you're standing in the street but the car is just going away and you're separating and it's becoming distant. And there's nothing you can do because you're a kid. So, like, you don't really have control over the situation. You have to be where you are, and it's going away. That's how I felt looking into her eyes. 
I, I just felt like she was getting further and further away from me. And it was scary. Her words were kind of slurry and it was just uncomfortable. But at the same time, I couldn't really settle into that because unfortunately, as I will tell you more of my story, my father, who lived in the same house as her, was actually sick as well at the same time. That's where she actually got the flu from, my dad. And that's how we understand the story. And so they were both home at the same time. They both had the flu. They weren't doing well. And then my aunt discovered that they weren't doing well. She did her best to, to take care of them. And then when it was too much, she let us know. And then this is the day they both ended up going to the hospital at the same time. They both were admitted to ICU the same time in two different hospitals. So my hands were tied and it was one of the worst things I've ever experienced and a nightmare, if you will. And so that was a day that my world started to really change. So thankfully, my dad was able to recover at that time because that was in 2016. He didn't pass away until 2019. I just want to make the timelines clear there. But my grandmother was admitted to the hospital. We went to the hospital. I was able to, to, to feed her some food and she was joking with me and you know, she wanted to go home, and, and that was just some of our last conversations. And and I'll tell you, I thanked her, you know. I remember just saying, like, just thank you. Like, I'm so thankful. And that's all I could say because she didn't have to. She just didn't have to. And as you learn more of my story, you'll understand, like, what I mean by that. But she just didn't have to. And she did, and she did it, and she did it in an amazing way. And I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for her. So all I could tell her was that I thank you. And, you know, I thank you for your sacrifice. And I, um, I'm going to work hard to repay you. Because I would tell her that a lot when she was alive, that I'm just trying to work hard to repay you for your sacrifices. She, she, she would just say, that's, well, that's nice to hear. <laughs> that's all she would say is that's nice to hear. And, uh, and I just, I just been focused on that. So that was the last conversations that I was having with her. We had to make some decisions at the hospital before we can actually make a decision. I did pray to God that he would have his way and that we wouldn't have to make such a decision. And my grandmother decided and chose to not be resuscitated. So she had a DNR bracelet the hospital called us, let us know she wasn't doing well, wasn't looking too good. We had to get there. Before we got there, she had already passed away. And so when I walked into the hospital, now mind you, she was they were she had lung issues, so they had her wrapped up and all types of cords and hooked up and all these things. And so for a couple of days, she just it was just like terrifying to see visually. I never, never in my entire life saw her in a hospital. Never saw her in a hospital. Never saw her health compromised, nothing. So it was very foreign to all of us. And then when she passed, when we got to the hospital and I walked into the room and I saw her for one second, and I mean a second, I felt so happy. I felt relief because I, I thought she was okay. She wasn't hooked up to the machines anymore, none of the cords. She was just in the bed and it just looked like she was sleeping. And then right back, I realize what that meant it, it meant that she was dead it meant that it was over like the party was over it was no longer fun life wasn't going to be what it is anymore this has to be the worst thing ever and not too long after and, and I remember I couldn't go I couldn't go near her I was like 
like my back was against the wall and I, I, I just like couldn't bring myself. I couldn't bring myself to go to that. Like how? Why? And why now? Like I'm, I'm not ready. Like I don't want this to be over. Like that's my best friend. And I walked out of the hospital room and remember my legs like collapsing and I just knew it would be different. But I'm certainly thankful for the relationship. I know that I am who I am because of her. I know that the fact that I wanted to take care of her and make her proud and repay her is why I have the drive that I do. And that's why I say that the way that I live my life is the most genuine conversation that we can have is because that is it. Like, I will not fail. I will not give in and give up. And so when I tribute this episode in honor of her, I also do that simultaneously with my life. My life is dedicated to continuing to make her proud. Like, when I say sacrifice, she sacrificed a lot. So it would be a slap in the face to her and God. To not continue to push and to not continue to do this. And I'm going to do that. And one of the ways that I was able to do that was I created a children's book in loving memory of her. And it's called The Adventures of Graham and Ladybug because she affectionately called me Ladybug and we called her Graham. And this edition is actually called Pancake Power. And the reason being is because I loved her pancakes and it was our thing. I mean, I was like, let me just park for a second. I was like uber spoiled. Like spoiled to the point where it, it's it's it could be like sad. I I became domestically handicapped. That's a really cool way to say lazy, <laughs> because even when I moved out, so I lived with my grandma. I'm sorry, I skipped that part too. From a sophomore in high school until I was out of college, like maybe 25, 26. I'm not sure. I lived with my grandmother. And so every morning she would cook us breakfast and she would always have pancakes on the stove, bacon on the stove, or maybe it was grits and eggs or, or breakfast sandwiches. Like it was just not, not the average. And she also washed my clothes and folded them too. And so when I moved out five minutes down the road, not even because I mean, really, I'm not going to really cut the cord this time, right? Not yet. So she still would call me and say, hey, you have any, any laundry, any clothes you want me to bring, you want to bring by? And I'm like, um, I mean, yeah, sure. And so that, and she would call, well, what do you want for breakfast? And so on my way from my apartment to my big girl, grown-up job, I would stop at my grandma's house and eat breakfast. And then I would go there for lunch and go there for dinner. And my nephews would kid and say that I went like food shopping at my grandma's house or get soap and different things. So I sidebarred there just to say that the love was real Again, and to reiterate that, so when I made my children's book, I made a fun rhyming story about the pancakes, and someone takes them, and then I, I created my grandmom into a superhero, Supergram. So although my experience has been very difficult, I and, and I know I just bawled and, and let myself have that moment, and I thank you guys, right, for making this a safe space for me, and I hope that you feel that and know that it's real and tears have power. And I needed that cry, so thank you for allowing me to mourn and to grow and continue to evolve in this journey of grief. But over these last four years, I've grown. I haven't died. 
So although I feel like parts of me have been chipped at, they also have been restructured and redesigned in other ways. So my weaknesses have become my powers and my weaknesses have become my purpose. And I think the whole thing is pretty darn beautiful. And so don't feel sad for me. Don't feel pity for me. Be happy for me. And I want you to be in that seat. I want you to be able to talk about that loved one, that person, that your person, that was your world that you may not have here in the physical anymore. And I want you to be able to lean into that and love them, love on them, love on them with your words, love on them with your tears, love on them with all of you. Don't die. Don't die too. They would not want that. My grandmother, the last thing she would want is for me to give up, for me to make her death an excuse. Oh my goodness. She would be so disappointed. She would be sitting there wagging that hand and that head at me with that leg crossed and her foot just moving in her chair. She would not approve. We don't do that. We don't make excuses. We become the exception. And I really want my grief journey to be a reflection of that. And I want the love that I have with my grandmother to transcend over the pain and the pits of where you might be right now. And for you to understand that is a decision. You have to make that decision within your head and your heart to create that bigger why and to keep pushing. And so for these four years, I've been growing, right? There are some things I still, areas I still have to grow in, things I have to continue to, to lean in. And, but the only way I'm going to be able to do that is if I can continue to be patient with myself. Because four years can seem like a long time, but in the grief journey that lasts forever, that's nothing. So if that's you also that feel like, oh, it's been five years, 10 years, 20 years, I'm still stuck. It's okay. It takes time. But time doesn't heal all wounds. People who use their time to heal, heal. And so I just want to thank you guys so much for allowing me to talk to you about my lady. I know you've heard me talk about my gram here and there. But for me to be able to just sit here and download and unwind and open up to my tribe, to my people, and let me do that, man, you guys are super dope for that, and I love you for it. And so, of course, you already know, as I bounce into our In Love and Memory segment, it is a part of our show. It's very, very important to me to humanize the existence of those who lived and lived well. It's going to definitely go out to my lady, my queen, my grandmother, the matriarch of my family, the core of my existence and who I am, and someone that I will never, ever forget. Never forget, as long as I breathe and I live, so does she. The great, the late Margaret Reeves, we love you and we miss you dearly. That is who our In Love and Memory segment is definitely going out to today, for sure, without a doubt. And now we are going to bounce into our inspirational boost, which is brought to us by our sponsors, Adina J Designs. They're over there on Instagram making things happen Follow them there. They do tumblers, wood signs, T-shirts, so much just creative dopeness. Adina J Designs, A-D-E-N-A-J-A-Y-D-E-S-I-G-N-S. Follow them. Let them know I sent you over there. They might give you a discount. I'm not sure, but listen, it's worth a try. So this week, our inspirational boost is I sat with my anger long enough until she told me her real name was Grief. Wow. I sat with my anger long enough until she told me her real name was grief. That's amazing and beautiful and so true. Because so many of us don't even know what to put that name, what name to put to what we're going through. And I hope that that quote speaks to you. 
and and even my experiences today and opening up to you helps you to put more identity to what you have going on in your life and with your grief and your journey and the mourning process. And listen, I just want to tell you this. You got it. You can do it. I believe in you. You have to believe in yourself and do not let your grief bully you. You will be able to fight this thing. We got it. I want you to keep pushing. I thank you guys so much for the love and support today. I hope you enjoyed episode 31, another episode of the Grief Bully Podcast. Check us out, jadacolejones.com if you want to get a copy of the Grief Bully Journal. Please go to YouTube, check out the channel, subscribe, share it with someone else. Guys, I love Instagram. Come hang out with me there. I'm also on TikTok too. Instagram and TikTok, my name is the same on both of them. So definitely please follow me. Come hang out with me at I underscore AM underscore Jay Nicole. Guys, you already know I am your host. Till next time, love and light. Peace. Peace.